No Junk Mail presents The Trading Post, narrated by the author James R. Von Felt. Chapter 16, Day 12 Continued. The smaller of the two men laughed a crazy laugh and yelled a slurred remark. This guy was drunk. He staggered as he walked, and he was carrying a wooden box. He looked at Brave sprawled on the ground, then flung the box at him. The box missed its mark and crashed to the ground, spilling money and other stuff all around. Darrell reached for a spear on the ground beside him. The big man saw Darrell move and stepped down hard on Darrell's hand as he grabbed the spear. He bent over and glared at Darrell, who glared back at him. Then he pulled a hunting knife from a sheath on his belt and threatened Darrell with it, holding it close to his throat. I couldn't believe my eyes. I was not prepared for this kind of trouble. Besides, I wasn't sure whether or not I was dreaming. I tried to stand up. The short man took a big stick from the stack by the fire and hit me on the head. Sparks burst in my head as I hit the ground, and then everything went blank. A while later, I heard voices and sounds through a fog from a long way off. It was swearing, yelling, laughing, and scuffling. The noises didn't make sense to me. My head hurt. I opened my eyes slowly, but other than that, I didn't move. I could see feet scuffling close to my head. Then they moved out of my sight. What's going on, I thought. After a few seconds, I could think better. I figured out that a fight was going on around me. I was afraid to move. Then something flew over me. The little man had been shoved, and he fell hard behind me, swearing and cursing all the more. As he stumbled over me, he turned me over, and I was looking straight up into the face of the big man. He was towering over me, but he wasn't looking at me. Instead, he was scouring at the little man who was on the ground behind me. Stay there, he commanded. Then he swung his leg. I thought he was going to kick me. However, he kicked the man behind me. I told you to stay there, he said. Then he laughed. The little man behind me didn't move. The big man looked down and saw that my eyes were open. He pulled his knife out, pointed it at me, and yelled, You stay there. I couldn't have moved if I'd wanted to. I could see that he had a pistol in his belt. He backed up a little. Darrell was sitting by the fire holding his squashed hand. Brave was knocked out and lying on the ground. The little guy behind me moaned and cursed as he tried to stand. He was unsteady. When he eventually stood, he staggered. He was definitely drunk. The big guy told him to get back on the ground and to pick up the money that he'd spilled out of the box. Then the big guy approached Darrell. With one hand, he yanked Darrell up into a standing position. With his knife at Darrell's throat, he growled, How many are here? Darrell's mouth opened, but nothing came out. Right then, Alex, who was lying in another lean-to, yelled, Who are you? What are you doing here? The big guy threw Darrell to the ground. 
and in three big steps he was standing almost on top of Alex, who was struggling to stand up. How many are here? the man demanded again, shoving Alex back to the ground. Alex grimaced in pain, hesitated, then said, Four of us. Get over there, the big man ordered. He shot me a look and waved his knife. You too. Alex and I crawled from where we were to Daryl's side. Brave was lying about six feet away, still out cold. When I looked at the big guy, I quickly scanned the lean-tos behind him and saw that they were empty. The small guy was on his hands and knees, muttering to himself, picking up money and putting it in the box. The box was an old wooden ammo box with rope handles and a wooden top that come off. The little guy cursed as he crawled and occasionally fell over. He was stinking drunk. Finally, he put the lid on the box, and then he sat on it and laughed uncontrollably. He pulled a pistol from his belt, pointed it into the air, and fired off four rounds. That seemed to enrage the big guy, who took steps towards him and kicked him in the head. The little guy fell off the box onto his side, and his pistol flew into the darkness. All was silent, except for the big guy's heavy breathing. He walked around the clearing, but he always kept watch on us with his beady eyes. Then he stood over the little guy, swearing at him and calling him every bad name I'd ever heard, and some I hadn't. That's when I became aware that the name of the man on the ground was Sam. The big guy swore at Sam and us, as if we were his mortal enemies, and he was going to destroy us all. Sam did not move. Brave didn't move either. My mind began to think more clearly, and I took stock of the situation. I realized the intruders had come in the third watch, so morning was coming soon. Daryl, Alex, and Brave were here with me. Enu, Philip, Billy, Looney, and Longhair were gone, and the big guy wasn't aware of it. Perhaps they had heard the commotion as the pair approached the camp and had slipped out before they arrived. When the big guy turned his back to me, I took a better look around the camp. The rifle, bows, and arrows had been stacked together by Alex's lean-to. Now they're missing. The big guy glared at me and demanded, What are you looking at? Nothing, I said in a small voice. But he didn't believe me. You were looking at something. Better tell me or I'll beat it out of you, he shouted raising his hand as if to hit me again. Jake, Sam called. What, he replied, irritated that he'd been interrupted. Visitors, Sam said in a doubtful tone. As Jake turned toward Sam, he saw Enu step into the firelight. His rifle was aimed straight at Jake. Philip appeared a step behind and to the right of Enu, aiming the pistol at Sam. For about three seconds, no one moved. Then Jake grabbed me by the shirt, hauling me in front of him. At the same time, his other hand went for the pistol in his belt. Fuck! 
I heard the arrow hit Jake's shoulder from behind. Jake screamed in pain and I felt his grip loosen. As Jake raised his pistol, I went for it, grabbing it with both my hands. We went down, rolling in the dirt, Jake snarling and thrashing and hitting me. At the same time, Sam yelled, I give up, I give up. Longhair, Looney, and Billy jumped on top of Jake. After a short struggle, they pinned him to the ground, face down. The arrow was still sticking out of Jake's shoulder. Jake looked like a trapped wild animal. His eyes squinted and shifted from side to side, but he didn't make a sound. Longhair took Jake's hunting knife, and I gave him Jake's pistol. Sam remained on the ground, moaning and lying on his back with his arm over his face. Philip stood over him with Enu's pistol, pointed at him just in case. Enu gave Billy his rifle, and Billy kept it pointed at Jake. Then Enu held Jake's hands on the ground, while Longhair pulled Jake's boots off. A narrow, pointed stiletto knife was hidden inside the right boot. Jake cursed and swore as loud as he could. Philip ordered Sam to take off his shirt and boots. He did as he was told. His boots were empty. Enu tore the shirt into strips to bind Jake and Sam's wrists. He grabbed Sam's arm, helped him to stand up, and led him to a good-sized red alder near the all-night fire. Sam had a hard time walking, because he was so drunk and upset by what had happened. He sat at the base of the tree, and Enu tied his ankles together and tied his hands around the back of the tree. Enu dragged Jake to an even bigger tree on the other side of the fire. He tied up Jake the same way. Then Enu took their boots and disappeared into the woods to hide them. Brave moaned and then slowly opened his eyes. He felt his face and head where Jake had hit him. He slowly sat up and looked around, taking stock of how things changed since he'd been knocked out. Longhair went to him and checked his wound. Jave had a big lump on his head. They talked, and I suppose Longhair was telling Brave what had happened while he was out. Me and Looney were to stand the first watch over these guys. Looney had Jake's pistol. I had Enu's. Both pistols were loaded, and we knew how to use them, too. We had gone to the dump many times with Looney and Billy's dads to target practice with pistols as well as hunting rifles. We could handle thirty-eights as well as forty-five caliber pistols and thirty-thirty rifles. We were pretty accurate with pistols, but better with rifles. Daryl insisted on being on watch with us. He was armed with the sword, which he kept hacking into the ground close to Jake's leg. His fingers still hurt from the smashing Jake had given them. Billy still had the rifle close at hand. The rifle was empty, but Jake and Sam thought it was loaded. They had no reason to think otherwise, since we acted as if it was loaded. It was still pre-dawn dark, but no one was sleepy. Sunrise would be coming soon, and we had big things to talk about. Everything had changed. While we remained on watch, the others gathered around the fire nearby. We were watching our prisoners, but we could hear everything the group was saying. 
To begin, Long Hair and Brave talked in their language, with Inu translating. Philip helped out from time to time with the translation. Brave and Long Hair knew Jake and Sam were big trouble. It seems that when the hunting party had been here before, they had sent two Indians to the trading post to trade furs for knives, ammunition, and other provisions. They had made a two-log boat to float across the lake on. While they were at the trading post, Jake and Sam had arrested them and had tried to get them to fight. Later, they'd seen Jake get in a fight with another man, and Jake had pulled out a knife out of his boot and stabbed him. That's how Long Hair had known about Jake's hidden knife. The Indians had reached an agreement with the store owner, gathered their items, left the store, and stayed out of sight in the woods. A day later, the wind was in the right direction, so they left the trading post and floated back across the lake. Enu took charge. He wanted to know everything. He asked Longhair and Brave for more details about what had happened at the trading post. Then he asked Alex what he had seen when Jake and Sam invaded the camp. Alex told him about the money box, the fight between Jake and Sam, the pistol thrown into the darkness, and how Jake had knocked down me and Brave. From where we were guarding, Daryl added how Jake had stomped on his hand. Enu turned to Jake, and with Philip translating, he asked him who he was, who Sam was, why they had the box, where the money in the box come from, and where the bullets had come from. He also asked Jake about the fight at the trading post, how they'd gotten to this side of the lake, and why they were wandering around the woods late at night. Instead of answering the questions, Jake yelled and cursed at Enu. Enu then turned to Sam and asked him the same questions. Sam opened his mouth to answer, but before he could say anything, Jake interrupted. You say anything, Sam, and I'll kill you. Sam shut his mouth, stared at the ground, and refused to answer. Enu said, and we all agreed with him, that we had to take Jake and Sam with us to the trading post, and then to the sheriff. That meant we needed even bigger rafts and some way of securing the prisoners on them. So we talked about how we would get them and ourselves across the lake. Eventually, Philip went over to Jake, knelt on his back, grabbed the arrow that was still sticking out of his shoulder, and pulled it out. Jake erupted with a volcano of swearing, yelling, and cursing. Longhair went to Jake and pressed hard on Jake's wound to stop the bleeding. When the bleeding stopped, Longhair tore some strips from Jake's shirt and wrapped them as a bandage over his wounds. He cleaned the arrow and gave it to Brave, who smiled. Longhair rejoined the group around the fire. There was a long stretch of silence as we let the night's events sink into our heads. The only sounds we heard for a long time were the crackling of the fire and Jake who swore every time he moved. Sam was sleeping. Enu asked Billy to get the wooden box and bring it over to the fire. Billy picked up the box, but the weight inside wasn't even, so as he lifted it, the box tipped over and the top fell off, spilling the contents on the ground. Look at this, Billy yelled, as he held up wads of money for us to see. 
paper money, silver dollars, half dollars, and a few gold coins were scattered on the ground. Billy and Philip looked where Sam had thrown the box earlier and found more coins. When we counted the money, there was over $5,000. This was a fortune lying in front of us. Philip reminded Looney, Daryl, and me to keep our eyes on Jake and Sam as everyone else around the fire got down on their hands and knees and looked for anything that may have fallen from the box. Every time someone found a coin, he shouted, Look! and then brought it over for us to look at. Besides the money and coins, they found four boxes of bullets. The bullets were forty-five caliber, the same as Enu's Colt pistol. Enu opened a box and brought bullets to us to finish loading his pistol. Jake's pistol was also a forty-five. It was already fully loaded. Daryl reminded us that Sam had thrown his pistol into the woods, but it was too dark to try to find it now. Story continued on Chapter 17.